Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I have another interview. This is with Dr. Rich Ohm. This is the second time he's been on. Uh, this one's a lot different than the first conversation we had, and um, we were um, blessed enough, lucky enough to present uh, together uh, on marketing, and his topic, well, this was a year and a half ago, his topic was grassroots marketing, and mine was total web presence. And he's built a great practice in Ohio, in Columbus, Ohio, uh, does a ton of public speaking in the community, connects with MDs, uh, just really is, is, is fully involved in the community. And then obviously things have changed a little bit uh, with the ability to do that because of COVID-19. And him and I got on the phone uh, a month ago or so, and I just kind of walk, you know, worked through some things with him to, you know, improve his online presence and that's what we talk about today what he's doing to transition from grassroots to a total web presence and I think this is a great uh, interview for anybody to listen to whether you're already doing online uh, or um, you're just diving into it in general or if you have been mostly grassroots and you want to get into online this is the uh, conversation we have on that transition and we uh, have a good time talking about it. We discussed a little bit about wine as well, both uh, wine fanatics. But, uh, you know, Dr. Ohm's a great example of a clinician first, but someone that didn't rest on his laurels and just open up a practice and rely on his uh, skill set clinically. He's very skilled in that regard, but he put a lot of effort uh, boots on the ground, grassroots, however you want to call it, to grow his practice. Now he's going to layer on the total web presence, and it's going to exponentially grow his practice. And then once things normalize in society with, with COVID-19, uh, he'll get back into his full uh, grassroots as well, and then just the sky's the limit at that point. So uh, here is my interview with Dr. Rich Ohm on transitioning from grassroots to a total web presence. All right. Welcome to the show, Rich. I really appreciate it. This isn't your first time. This will be a, a different topic, and it's um, excited to have you back on again. What's new in your world? Um, besides COVID, which we're going to discuss <laughs> today, of course. Yeah. Um, bought a house, so that'll be, mm -hmm. that'll be cool. Nice. Not quite as cool as having a baby, but, um, but that'll be exciting. Yeah. And then, I don't know, just kind of coming out of the, the weird times and sharpening up the business and just getting better from, from the challenges that we've kind of had to deal with over the last few months. Well, it's interesting. It's an interesting point you bring up about getting better. And I think this is a time for us all to do that. Uh, there's always periods of time, whether what it doesn't matter what business you're in, where sometimes it's, it's easy or we won't say it's easy, but it's, 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 there's momentum and, and you can kind of, uh, cut some corners and you're doing just fine. And then all of a sudden something happens. Like I remember back in 08 with the financial crisis or obviously now where it's time to really sit back and reflect on how can we get a lot better to make sure we get through this and then, you know, ultimately come out on the other side even better. And uh, that's, that definitely, you and I had a really nice probably hour long conversation a couple of weeks ago. And that sounds like what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I always think of it as, 
uh, you said momentum. That's exactly the way I think of it. So when you get a practice rocking and rolling, um, and if you're lucky enough to have as good of a staff as I do, mm-hmm. there's not as much day-to-day meticulous stuff that needs to happen, right? So it's like a really big train that's going fast. Mm-hmm. If you kind of disappear for a couple days or a couple weeks, or, or even if you're there, but you're just focusing on other things, you might not perceive that it slows down, but it is slowing down. Mm-hmm. And with COVID-19, I mean, it's like putting you know, a, a barrier on the train tracks. And so it really kind of makes you think, okay, how are the systems? Mm-hmm. How, you know, how effective is what I'm actually doing? Or am I just sort of coasting on, you know, previous elbow grease, previous mm-hmm. efforts? Yeah. And, you know, when we were chatting a couple of weeks ago, it was that um, it exposed that my digital space presence and really uh, the, the email component mm-hmm. that you and I, you were kind of helping me out with, which we're still chipping away at. If you want to discuss that today, we can. Yeah, for sure. Um, it just exposed to like, hey, you don't have these things. So this is an area where I said, okay, in six months or 18 months or whatever it ends up being, where we can get back doing what, what I love doing, which is the grassroots yeah. pound on the ground stuff. Well, then we want to make sure that we've got all these other systems in place that previously we never used. Mm-hmm. And so then when we actually go back to those, those, the old times or whatever it's going to be, we're going to have more things in, in, in work. So, or working. So it'll be good. Yeah. That's what's exciting about your situation. Cause you know, you built your practice the way uh, most people should, especially early on when you've got more time than money. And uh, you know, that's the grassroots. You've done a ton of public speaking in your area, a lot of workshops at gyms, a lot of connections with MDs. Obviously you and I co-presented at, I think it was a 2019 MPI sports sim- symposium. And you talked about grassroots and obviously I talked about the content marketing stuff and uh, you know, you, you've just built a practice uh, frankly, the the right way to do it. Like you really had, uh, you have a great practice and, um, but that doesn't mean you can't get even better. Right. And so you were admittedly um, neglecting some of the online stuff or even email. And, and we dove into that, that quite a bit. Well, um, you, well, you did a good, you did a good job like when I, at the, at that symposium. And then when I actually sort of used you a couple of weeks ago to help me out, um, my view of marketing before w- was one of disgust, right? And, mm-hmm. and so I, I saw that there's a difference between, or you can subclassify marketing into sort of branding and sales. And the better job you do of branding, the less selling you have to do. And that's mm-hmm. where I think your content marketing is a really good option for the doctor that doesn't want to come across like the sleazy salesman mm-hmm. that's trying to, hoodwink their patients to get on these gigantic treatment plans uh-huh. and it, tying along with that many, well, maybe five years ago, I had a patient that actually runs the, the digital marketing for a big bank around here. Uh-huh. And she sort of put me in my place. She said, do you do any marketing? And I said, uh-huh. well, no, I mean, I obviously did grassroots stuff uh-huh. and I obviously did medical marketing, but like traditional online marketing, even paid advertisements, email stuff like, like you're so good with, I, you know, was like, Oh no, I'm almost like, well, I'm better than that. Right. Mm-hmm, Which yeah. is really more of a, an expression of my ignorance at the time than, <laughs> than how good I was. But so she said, well, why not? And I said, Oh, it's just, it's worthless. And mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. And she said, okay. She goes, are you proud of what you do here? 
-hmm. And I said, yeah, super proud. Love it. Mm -hmm. And she goes, do you think that your product is good? And I said, best in Columbus. Mm -hmm. And then she said, what percentage of patients in Dublin, this is the town that the practice is located. What percentage of those patients are in Dublin? Sorry, what percentage of people in Dublin know that you guys are here? And I said, you know, the brakes went on and I was like 10%. And she's like, that's cute. It's probably closer to one or 2%. Mm -hmm. And she said, you want to look at marketing as a way to highlight a a good product, right? So we have a good product here. We care about our patients. We try to fix the problem, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And so now with the content marketing, like you discussed, or you probably talk about often with your clients, Mm -hmm that we discussed before and that you presented on in, in 2019, that is a perfect piece where now it's a, it's a digital or email version of branding that, that I like mm-hmm. doing in person. Mm-hmm. But so it, it complements the type of grassroots marketing mm-hmm. that, that I was so comfortable with before yeah. um, in a way that's not cheesy at all. And it's not really sales. It's mm-hmm. just, Hey, we've got some good information. Hey, we actually care about our community. Why don't we offer you some, some knowledge about sitting posture? Mm-hmm. Like what are those emails, the sample one that you sent me about sitting posture and like neck and low back pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's stuff that you would be giving to your patients anyways. Yep. And by offering it to them, you know, for free or whatever, sure. It's a way to get exposure and see the logo and get to see you talking or whatever, but it's also helpful information for those people that want it. Mm-hmm. So there is, there's positive, um, positive outcomes in the patient's life or the potential patient's life. Mm-hmm. And then they just sort of, it, it's, it, it's kind of funny. There's, there's a genuine, you are helping them part of it. Yep. And then there's the dirty business aspect mm-hmm. of it, which is, well, then they sort of perceive that as, as, as good and genuine and, and they're, you're not a salesman and you're not mm-hmm. trying to just get as many visits. And so it's, it, there's, there's a huge benefit on both sides of that coin, which is great. Yeah. And let me unpack that a little bit. You know, what you're talking about is, is pre-selling people, right? If your marketing is good and your messaging is good, um, you're going to pre-sell them. So you don't have to sell them when they're in, you know, that's part of the, which is issue. amazing by the way. <laughs> yeah, no. And it's cause that's part of the, the disdain a lot of chiropractors have for uh, sales and marketing is because they've historically seen uh, some of our profession just go, you know, all out sales mode and convince versus compel. And I think that's the big distinction on your marketing is it needs to compel and pre-sell them, not try to convince them into this crazy care plan type of deal. So if your marketing is is on point, it's going to do that, which is going to really save you a lot once they come into your doors, which is great. Now, the next point on what you said was that you um, did a really good job of pre-selling a lot of people in your community when you talk to them in person, whether it was a workshop or public speaking. That is a form of content, obviously. You're just doing it in person. Now, what we need to do is just take a mindset shift a little bit and say, I'm going to do the same exact thing, but except for in person, because I can't really do that right now. And I'm going to distribute it through different channels, which may be video, email, obviously social media and Google and all that type of stuff. And so you just got to switch it a little bit and say, all right, right now, I can't get out there and do live workshops or uh, lunches and dinners and meetings and coffees and things like that. But we have other models of getting the content out to educate people uh, and, and they'll be pre-sold and, and compelled. I, I, and I think that's the key to understand right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I, the, the way I'm looking at it now, after you and I have discussed this a couple of times, is that you know I'm comfortable with grassroots marketing, both, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of what what I love doing. But I'm also comfortable with it from an integrity standpoint. I don't feel like I'm actually tricking anybody to come into the office. And you can look at using the content like we discussed a couple of weeks ago on YouTube, on you know Instagram, Facebook, in email stuff. And it's just a different platform or medium through which to, to display the content. Mm-hmm. It's not anything different than that if it's done right. And what's, what's cool about it, or what I've always loved about grassroots marketing, and now we'll just say content, mar- you can sort of put content marketing as the overall umbrella for what yep. we're discussing. Yep. If you, the better that you brand or content market, mm-hmm. the less you actually have to sell, yep. which is fantastic. So then mm-hmm. someone just kind of comes in. I'm sure you've had hundreds of these patients where they had a great experience in your office because your front staff is great. You know, the office looks clean. You had a good explanation of what's going on. You genuinely focused on their actual concerns. Yep. You gave them good care. And mm-hmm. then they go out and, and emphatically sort of promote you to, to one of their family members or their friends. Well, now that person walks in yep. and they're just in a great place mm-hmm. to already listen to everything. And I mean, you're, you have a 50% or greater chance of getting them better anyways because their, their attitude towards the whole process is going to be so much better. I don't think you get that benefit from sales. Let's take a break from today's episode and announce our sponsor, Propel Marketing and Design. I've known Darcy Sullivan for years, and we've worked hand-in-hand on my websites. I don't trust anybody else to do search engine optimization. There's so much to it, and she does a great job. If you're really going to get results with Google, you have to make sure your website is SEO optimized. And I really don't want you doing it yourself as a chiropractor. You just have to have this type of stuff done for you. There's just no way around it. And if you're looking to get more organic online traffic that pulls in new patients, Propel Marketing Design is currently offering chiropractors who listen to this podcast a free SEO website review. The free review will help you uncover methods that will improve your website and boost your search engine visibility. Head over to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor and schedule your free SEO website review. You won't regret it. She gets great results and your website needs this. Your search results need this. Head on over there to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor to get your free SEO website review today. You know, if you trick them to come in because it's a cheaper, like the x-ray is free or, you know, the exam is, is comped or, you know, oh, well, you get a thousand dollar discount if you pay for your package up front. Those people aren't going to be compelled, as you just said a second ago, Mm -hmm. to go kind of spread the word. But if you've branded well, you know, in your, you know, email, Mm -hmm. in your social media, on your website, and then live when you can, Mm -hmm then they might be compelled to actually go out and emphatically tell two, five, 10 people to come in here. And what what you just kind of described is what the reason why I like the uh, term a marketing hourglass versus a marketing funnel, because historically with a marketing funnel, it's like, okay, let's put 30 people into the top of that marketing funnel and we'll spit out five and we've got five new patients and, and that's that. And, and a lot of times this is why I, I preach to chiropractors like it's all about the patient experience. You have to be a good clinician because if you're, 
if you're doing a good job marketing, but then they come into your practice and they, you just, you don't have the goods, like you're not good clinically or your communications off or your front desk, you know, front desk staff sucks. Like you, it's just not going to match up with your marketing and, it, and it's going to, you're going to burn and churn. Whereas the marketing hourglass is more of like, okay, let's say we put 30 in and five come, uh, come right. out as new patients. And all of a sudden they love their experience. They love the doctor. They love the treatment. Those five then refer. And now you got spread out to another 30, right? So it's, uh, it's a, it's a nice little, uh, it's John Jance who, um, duct tape marketing has come up with the hourglass, the marketing hourglass. And yeah, that's a good, that's a cool, that's a cool point. We, we call it in here. One of the guys that works here is, um, his name is Ben Kraft. Mm-hmm. And so people will come into the clinic and we call it a Ben craft where let's say that they bring like a kid in that hurt his knee playing mm-hmm. soccer. Yeah. And then when they leave the mom schedules and they schedule like the <laughs> other two kids. So yeah. one person comes in and then there's four on the books for next week, yeah. all from the same family. And it was yeah. all because the, the staff was really nice when they met them and they were helpful. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he was great and nice and explained stuff and the treatment was good. And they're just like, shit, I need, I need that. So then yeah. they'll go up to the front and schedule. So that's a, a good example of your hourglass marketing. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it's, it's key to do that. And um, the, the next thing I wanted to, to kind of bring up, because one of the things you've done, you've done it obviously not only in your community, but you've done it for the profession. So kudos to you. And that is something that is called uh, super credibility. And when you can get to that level of super credibility in your community, um, it's amazing how your practice will grow. And, and I know you've been able to do that in person. And usually like, you know, there's a hierarchy of things. If someone sees you on video, that's probably better than, uh, you know, maybe an email, but if someone sees you live speak and you're, and you're effective, that's, that gives you such a high level of credibility. We all know that. Right. And, and, and you've done that, but you can do the same thing through the digital and the content marketing. And, and when you do that and you achieve that level of super credibility, that's when you can really grow a practice big. You can hire associates. You and I, I know it was a few months back. We just had a conversation about in network, out of network. You could decide to start doing stuff like that. You can raise your rates. Like you can really start to design the practice you want on your terms once you get to that point. And I think, um, comboing grassroots with online really can help you do that. Yeah. I mean, but just to think about how we've been discussing it today, it's really not necessarily grassroots or online. Remember my distinction was you've got digital marketing, grassroots, medical marketing, and then Mm -hmm. in-house. But really, if you just think of it as uh, content marketing, Mm -hmm. now you've got, Oh, within the, within the, the realm of content marketing, you have grassroots, mm-hmm. you have social media, you have email, you have website, yep. right? And those are, those are, I think that's actually creating, creating the content. Mm-hmm. And then you've got ways, the other type of marketing would be, how do you funnel people to that great content? Yep. And so I, I liked some of the advice that you gave me a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about, because now we've got multiple platforms that they can go to. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of, you know, being a relatively busy dude, mm-hmm. it's awesome to be able to like do one Facebook live video, convert that into a, a YouTube video. That's got some content. Mm-hmm. It's already gone out on Facebook, have it backlogged for a potential email to go out there and a little bit of a blast mm-hmm. again. Cause I, I sort of have a propensity to enjoy organic, live, authentic stuff. Yeah. 
the those videos are great instead of like this you know overly curated email that you sort of send out which we're still making of course mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but now i do one video it takes me three minutes right i i, I talk professionally so i don't have to prep to do mm -hmm. a three-minute discussion of disc mechanics or why standing is better than sitting or whatever the case may be and then now we can push it out to like four or five different places so now we have more locations and more portals of entry for patients to see the content which is awesome yep, absolutely and then you what you kind of mentioned as well is is you can break it down into two uh, concepts as well. You've have, you got your, your patient base, which is part of your audience and, and you can get that content out to them through email and other digital platforms, but then you still have your network. Like Rich, you've built a, a really good network of professionals around you in your community. And, and so you can still, you know, collaborate with them as well. Like do a Facebook live interview with them or even a zoom. Like I've got a couple uh, chiropractors I work with right now who are doing this, um, and this is something that you could consider this investigative reporter idea where I've, I used to go around and take a topic and then interview experts on a Facebook live, it'd be the two of us. And so for instance, one was injury prevention for runners. And I interviewed a fitness person that works with runners, a shoe store owner that does shoes, a running coach, and, and there was like a, a fourth one. And but you could do the same thing now and do a video, like imagine doing a video Zoom interview with that expert in your community. You record it and put it on YouTube. You share it out to your audience. He or she shares it out to their audience. And now you're, you're networking digitally because you can't necessarily do it in person right. right now. So it's something that I'm working with some chiropractors on doing and uh, I'm getting some good um, feedback from the ones that are starting to implement it right now well it's well ben is actually doing not exactly that but mm -hmm. we're you know we're trying to just interview people yeah. on a facebook live or an instagram live that are in the community so what yeah. what happens there is you know we've got some people that we want to help them out right and they might mm -hmm. even be competitors in some cases but that's we play very very nice and so yeah. we want to help them out so now we do a discuss an interview of one of the other docs or pts mm -hmm. or whatever in the area and then we get access to their people. They get access to ours. Um, I kind of like po positive marketing where we're just helping somebody else out as opposed to talking shit about them. You know, if somebody walks in the door, I still think <laughs> that long term, that doesn't, that doesn't help anybody. No. And so I love the idea, though, of having like, hey, for the next month, we're going to do a discussion or we're going to talk about injury prevention. And I'm going to get a personal trainer that works with a bunch of injury runners. Mm -hmm. I'm already, I'm literally going to do this. I'm just thinking live about this. I yeah, know they're I'm nice. use, you know, go and talk to a shoe person, yep. maybe interview one of the docs here. And then we can do like a three week series on avoiding, you know, you know, injuries and running. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm 100% going to do that. We're going to, we have a little marketing meeting tonight that we're, Good. that we do weekly to stay on this. And I'll, I'll definitely yeah. bring that up. Yeah. And then um, there's, I'll also share in the show notes here, there's a whole like um, process of doing it because you can, obviously they can social share, you can, there's follow-ups. I mean, distribution channels you're going to use for it, but it's amazing because if you create one or two or three of these video interviews, uh, how much traction you can get from it. And you're also creating content and you're networking. So it's a good, a good double whammy. Yeah, it's an also, a, it's also a really good way to start getting your social media following up because if yep. you go interview somebody that happens to be 
you know, have 20,000 followers or 500,000 yeah. followers or whatever, you get good access to them. And then you can also help them yep. uh, build their practice. And then, yep. like you just said, you have the content. So now we have this cool video mm-hmm. that can be sliced up if you want. If you're just too busy or you're overwhelmed, then you can just take the whole thing. Yep. You can offer it on YouTube. You can like, you know, put it out in an email. And so you've got multiple venues that you can use the same material. So the yep. work going into it might be 20 minutes. But then the output is four different platforms. You can you can dump that out. So now you've got different. You cast a, a wider net, so oh, to speak. Absolutely, I would do it, and it would be about six weeks worth of content. And what I would do is I would take the three or four videos that pertain to that topic, and then I would take that and I would actually turn it into a nice, robust blog as well at the very end, and have right. you can plug in the YouTube link uh, videos right into the blog. I would have bullet points on some of the key aspects, my take, you know, and turn it into a blog. And then I would send those to those four experts and they would share it. Cause you know, they're excited to be part of this. Like, sure. you know, they're like, Oh wow. Like I was interviewed by so-and-so and, and so they share it. And like you said, you end up uh, co-opting their audience in a sense. So it's a really good way of uh, building your, your network. Well, but it's not, I mean, I, I think that I I'm somebody that's, I enjoy making connections and I enjoy helping people out. So if I refer somebody to your practice, uh, you know, I like knowing that they went in because I like knowing that I sort of helped you out a little bit. So if you can find somebody in the community and you're like, man, I want to help that gym out or I want to help that, that trainer out or, or, you know, that nutritionist Mm -hmm. or whatever, then you're able to funnel people that way. And then it's obviously sort of reciprocates back your way as well, which is awesome. Definitely. So let's, um, Let's get down to the, some of the struggles of it since we've spoke. Like, what, what do you think's been or will be uh, the biggest uh, difficulties with steering this ship the other way a little bit with getting more online? Uh, with well, let me, let me we, we dove into it and, and sort of um, backdoor got into the discussion. Yeah. Our, what we're, basically, for those who are listening, I, um, I called Kevin and, and, and had like a little session with him to kind of help me because you know, being the grassroots marketing guy or someone that certainly feels most comfortable marketing that way. When COVID hit, well, now we can't go in and do, I can't do a seminar with 50 CrossFit coaches on the low back, or I can't do, you know, a mobility seminar. I can't even do community discussion. Like I used to do community lectures and all that stuff. And so it, it basically put like a, a parking brake on that grassroots part. And unfortunately, it also put a parking brake on most of our medical marketing, which was going into offices, you know, keeping up with them, chatting with them, all that kind of stuff. So we, we haven't been able to get out and introduce ourselves to new docs that, have been, that might have referred somebody in. Uh, we haven't been able to actually go in and, and, and keep up with the other docs. And so I'm just kind of standing here and you can feel that train slowing down because not only do you have just a lack of of uh, work and pushing on that from a marketing standpoint, but you also have, you know, COVID, you know, dumping, you know, a, just a bunch of like shit in the way on the track, slowing the train down. So I called you cause I'm like, I need to get better at all these other things. And so we thought about just having this discussion cause like, all right, well, what, what, what can we do? So I used Kevin um, about a month ago, probably. Uh, we're still trying to get it right. I'm still, I still struggle with wanting the product to be maybe a little bit um, 
too too well executed with the videos and it drives me nuts if there's not a lav mic and yeah. you know i care about the lighting and all that stupid stuff that i sure at some point i'll get over but the the struggles for me in general were i'm not doing any of the the content marketing digitally so we, we other than one email that went out to patients when they scheduled and all it said was thanks for you know scheduling here's the paperwork, you know, show up 15 minutes advance, you know, try to do the paperwork, which isn't really um, marketing at all. Um, we had nothing, right? So we really didn't do anything. So what, what we've done just for the people that are listening is Kevin gave me a couple options. One was instead of going from a one email campaign, if you can even call it a campaign with only one email, I, I, I think those are called one offs probably. Um, <laughs> we've beefed it up to now five and we're in the process of writing all these and videoing the content for them. And I've broken it up. Um, if you let me babble for a second, yeah, I yeah, can no, pull this them is out. A, just to let the audience know, this is a email automation. Basically when a new patient comes in, you enter into email list and then it'll spit out a sequence of educational emails uh, you can you can have a welcome email and you can have a, a call to action email in that sequence. But for the most part, you're really trying to educate them and provide them with valuable content. Yeah. So here I got it. Good, 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 Phil there, mm -hmm. Kevin. Um, <laughs> here's kind of what I took from my discussion with Kevin and what we're now creating. We have five emails that are going to go out and they're going to go out every every couple of days, every 48 mm -hmm. hours. Um, the first one is just, hey, welcome to welcome to the practice. This is where we're going to talk about the functional approach and finding the cause mm -hmm. as opposed to the pain, mm -hmm. uh, just going after the pain. Uh, that right there is going to bake into the experience uh, the importance of actually addressing the cause and, and sort of getting it out of their head that they're not just in here to just get their, their pain gone. So that's, I actually care about fixing that. It's not a matter of like, Ooh, we can get an extra two or three visits. Yeah. If we do that, it's like, no, I want to fix shit. I don't, yeah. don't want to just get them out of pain. Like that's mm -hmm. what, you know, NSAIDs will do. That's what any crappy chiropractor down the street will do just mm -hmm. three times a week for a month and their back will feel better. I want to fix it. I want to change the things that they're doing in their everyday life. I want to work on their lifting mechanics, whatever the case may be. So that's starting to get that experience going so that they'll hear it from a different mm -hmm. way. Email, two is the phases of treatment right so you've really got i think three phases the first one obviously is is uh pain management you have to give them control over their symptoms uh phase two is going to be starting to address the cause up to they can perform their adls without any problem mm -hmm. and then phase three if you have it is going to be more the performance realm and that's where you get into you know writing some weightlifting stuff for them if you want it or working on lifting mechanics or running mechanics any of that stuff yep um and so explaining that is kind of what i might do on the first visit like hey you have this low back pain here's where it's coming from we got to go after this first and then once we got this now we got to move here so they're hearing it for a second time mm -hmm. Email three, it's just a simple explanation of, hey, here's the different therapies that we do. Um, we're going to talk about how the practice, we integrate a lot of therapies. We're not just a place that you just do soft tissue or you're only doing manipulation. Mm -hmm. Explaining that. And those, Kevin, are going to be just, we have videos that we're going through and making on each of the therapies. And it's going to be a brief explanation and a link to a video in there. So we're, we're doubling up the use of that content. Perfect. Email four is just conditions we treat. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, pretty quick and dirty. 
And then email five is going to be the importance of trunk stability stuff. So I'm, I'm actually going to go through and just explain, you know, just in a really, really simple way in a couple minutes, you know, how the, we stabilize and why it's important for neck pain, carpal tunnel, plantar fasciitis, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to get an explanation there a little bit so that later on in the treatment plan, when we start addressing these things, and inevitably we will, they've already kind of heard it. So mm-hmm. theoretically, or hopefully they'll be able to understand it better, pick it up quicker, and maybe even buy in on, oh yeah, this laying on my back breathing shit actually matters. Yeah. So that's going to be what we're, we're in the middle of doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a couple of the email content written, and now we're making the videos. So yep. that's just to give people a, a, an overall arch of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the struggles with it. So we have some systems issues. Yep. One of them is, you know, every two days, that means that you can't just dump it in there at the end of the week or once a month start it. It has mm-hmm. to start when they come in the door. Mm-hmm. So we've solved that by having, we just added one more process to the, the, the staff's um, list of duties of the new patient. It's not really that hard. Um, at the end, they just sort of dump their name in an email campaign and start it. It's just mm-hmm. part of the process that they have to go through. So when they're scanning the documents, right when it's scanning, you walk over to MailChimp, boom, you dump it in the other one, and then now that one goes. So we fixed it sort of that way. Um, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily struggles with the video stuff. There is a little bit of work there. Mm-hmm. We want to have it branded with intros and outros and watermarks and sound good and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're creating those. And then once we have that, right? Mm-hmm. So for those of you that think that that's a lot of work, it is initially, but then it just runs. Yeah. It's, so now when I, when, we can, when I can go back into gyms and we can do seminars and lectures and all that crap, Mm-hmm. that's still going yep. and that's going to enhance the patient experience. So that's kind of an overlap of digital marketing, mm-hmm. brand marketing and internal marketing, the patient yep. experience. Mm-hmm. And that's just going to go. Yep. Right. So that's, that's going to be really, really good. So that'll, that'll help the patient experience. It'll also have them understand what we're trying to do and, and what the treatment plan entails so that they will actually stay with us long enough to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. That's really yep. important. It's uh, set it and forget it. And I want to just touch on this real quick because we're going through a similar situation, but different. And, and what you're doing right now is you've got a project. Your project is email automation. It's going to take some time to create the content and do that. But what's cool about it is, this is really your content creation plan right now. And as you create the videos for the email automation, there's no reason why you can't put it on your Facebook and on your Instagram, on YouTube and get it out there. Exactly. So it kills two birds with one stone. Like this is just you right now. This is your maybe one to two month project of content creation to get this going on my end. What we're doing uh, based on the recommendation from Darcy Sullivan, who is our SEO specialist for my website, um, on our conditions page, we listed out all the conditions that we treat, but then we need to do a like a page for each one. So if it's Achilles tendinopathy, we need a page for that with about a thousand words. Am and I so allowed to take notes on this, Kevin? Yeah, absolutely. I'm physically writing while I'm listening to Kevin. Everyone, so. this is yeah, this is perfect. Um, so my my associate Chris and I sat down and said, okay, <clears throat> let's write out all the conditions that we treat, and we wanted to use. Uh, 
layman's terms too. Like for instance, you may not want to just list it as medial epicondylosis because people aren't going to search for that. Most likely they're going to probably search for, you know, golfer's elbow. And then in parentheses, you can put the technical term. So that's just a kind of a keyword Google um, strategy to make sure you're doing, but then we list all these out. Um, we have them on a actual conditions page and then they're hyperlinked. So if someone saw Achilles tendinopathy, which, uh, you know, is what they have, and you might almost, honestly, I hate this, but you almost might want to just word it like Achilles tendinitis because that's what people search, right? And then in parentheses, if you want, you can put the technical terms. You just, you got to play the, the kind of the layman's term game sometimes with your marketing. But now you click, they click on it and it's got a whole um, information on that topic, but it's going to feed your SEO. So for right now, that is going to be, honestly, that's going to be our rest of year project for the next four months is writing 1000 word pages for each of the conditions. But as I do it, like this morning, I was writing one on sports injuries. When I'm done with it, you better believe it's going to go as an email. It's going to go on my Facebook. It's going to go on Instagram. And so for us, we've halted other content creation strategies and we're focusing on this because it's going to, again, two birds of one stone. The project is improving our SEO on our website by having detailed conditions pages. And the byproduct is, oh, we've now got content for the next four months as we do this. Yeah, no, that's great. And you could even... I mean, I'm not an SEO guy, but I know that if you could somehow link that out to another website that might have other information, I know that that helps as well. Plug it in. Yeah. So like, as I was writing a sports injuries one, I linked it to like a PubMed article on what a sports injury was and common ones, traumatic versus overuse, you know? Yep. So yeah, you're going to backlink. So, and, and plus it gives you social proof. If you can put in um, other sources, um, it's going to help out. So um, that could be a whole other podcast episode. Yeah, I'm not, we're definitely going to, I found I do better if we sort of stick to one, one project at a time. But once we got this new one going, Mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's definitely on my to-do list. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah, focus on one at a time. You don't want to spread yourself too thin and you want to, you've already said it, you're looking for quality, right? Like you're going to make sure this is quality product and and it should, um, because again, it represents your practice and, and, and obviously your, your, your doctors and your practice. So cool. What's, uh, That was good. And what's, uh, what's the favorite wine of the, of the month right now for you? Oh, um, Cabernet Franc. Nice. So that's, I've been getting into Cab Francs uh-huh. uh, or I got into Cab Franc. Um, they're, they just got a little more punch to them, but yeah. still a lot of fruit. And if you can, uh, if you can find a good one, they're, they're pretty nice. So yeah, Amazetta, you- Amazetta okay. is a small producer in Napa on the other side of Howell mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes a cab franc that's fantastic. So you can find them. Yeah. Cab francs usually used to either increase tannin and structures in, mm-hmm. in a blend or even to add color because it's usually like a deep purple. Yep. Um, but they're, they were awesome. I had a really great one with uh, Taylor Premer and Brett Winchester uh, from uh, Gestalt Education uh, this deep. past weekend. You need to drink a lot when you're hanging out with those guys. Yeah, they, they appreciate wine. We did our, <laughs> we did our McKenzie certification yeah. test, which thankfully we all, all three of us passed. Um, and it happened, or sadly, it was in Portland, Oregon, 30 oh. minutes from wine country. So uh, there was definitely some, some enjoying of good Oregon Pinots and, yeah. and Chardonnays after the test. Do you like uh, Madoc region in France? 
Um, I, I've had some of it, not yeah. quite the same experience. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the grape? I can't, if you remember the, if you can remember the grape, I would know it a little better. Well, it's, it's interesting because we went to Bordeaux and there's the right bank and left bank and uh, traditionally like the Pomerol and the, and the Merlots are going to be on your uh, right bank. And that's right like your Saint Emilion and all that. And then on the left is Medoc, which is more of a blend, but it's got the Franc. Oh, and it, Oh, I just refer to those as left bank Bordeaux. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm a right bank. I'm a right bank guy. Exactly. So yeah. I, I, I can appreciate um, left bank for sure. That's going to be mm -hmm. a little bit, uh, it's just heavier on Merlot. It I'm is, not yeah. someone that hates Merlot. So I actually like right bank Bordeaux better than left bank in general. Yep. Um, most of the famous ones I think are on the left bank though, because they're cab heavy. Yeah. And they're expensive. <laughs> and they're expensive yeah so I've, i i actually um a friend of mine owns a restaurant around here and so it was amazing because we can basically get a small group of people to come in and mm -hmm. do like a like a like a wine tasting slash food pairing yeah and this dude said do you know what a first growth bordeaux is by any chance no so they, in 18 72 or whatever they classified all of the bordeaux as first second third or fourth growth first growth there's five of them mm -hmm. and because there's only five they're hard to find they're expensive yada 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 so you buy them and they're they're crazy expensive like right off the shelf but yeah. it's, it's it's a bordeaux so it has to sit for no less than probably 12 to 15 years before mm -hmm. it's ready to go and he set up a, a tasting we did um four of the five first growths and two what are called super seconds which are yeah. second growths that in the last 150 years have actually gotten better than some of the first grows. Um, he did all of those, but they were all 1995 vintage. Oh. So it's just, uh, you just find a bunch of weirdos like me that are oh, willing yeah. to pay uh, a decent <laughs> amount of money for the pair. But it's so cool to try, you know, first grow second growth yep. bordeaux in their prime which was awesome yeah so, that's I, that's why i had to ask uh, for the audience uh, rich and i can't have a conversation together unless no. we we have at least 10 minutes of wine talk we, we'll spare you on the other eight minutes of it but uh yeah <laughs> part of our passion outside of uh, chiropractic so rich i want to i want to thank you a ton for your time it's exciting the the transition you're making and then once things normalize from COVID, it's going to be amazing when you can add back all of the grassroots marketing yeah, I can uh, shamelessly promote you. I thought the the discussion that we had a couple of weeks ago was really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, as someone that hates traditional marketing that's associated with some old school chiropractic, I didn't think anything sort of veered left of what I was looking for. So that was good. Yeah. And I've got projects. I have actual action items that I left with. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when you when you discuss with people, you're like, Okay, I mean, I got some ideas about like maybe general themes as opposed to like, okay, cool, I've got, you know, there's two or three pages of notes and here's what I'm going to go after. So I have actionable items that I'm, I'm now able to kind of go through and execute, which is what has been really, really helpful. Good. Yeah. Sometimes marketers and marketing can be about theory and psychology and you get all this stuff and you go in and it's like, it's just not, you know, implementable. And, and we try to do that because, you know, the, the reality of it is you, me, we're not marketers by profession. I mean, I've kind of gotten that, that label, but I'm a clinician, you're a clinician. Like we're not expecting chiropractors to become world famous marketers. Right. But if you can start to apply some of these things to your practice, it'll be amazing what it does. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see the amazing effects that this, <laughs> the new patient email campaign is going to, is going to do. And I can't wait to just get it rolling and then mm -hmm. go back to doing what I, what I love doing before. So it's exciting.
Cool. Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. And I know we'll talk again soon. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. Before you leave, make sure you check out our website. We've got blogs and podcasts and all kinds of great info at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com. We also have a closed Facebook group of the same name where a lot of like-minded chiropractors are workshopping ideas and making sure that we have this continual advancement of marketing, business, mindset, and just growth of your practice. So check us out, modernchiropracticmarketing.com and the Facebook group of the same name.